Welcome back to the LG Procast, the podcast for Victoria's local government decision makers. In the last episode, we explored how your council could access support to improve its cultural inclusiveness, creating accessible places and workspaces for staff and your communities. With Algo Research finding that 9 in 10 councils are facing a skill shortage and LG Pro actively campaigning on the issue, we're now taking a more personal look at how you can create a more inclusive organisation that is truly open to all potential employees. And this discussion is brought to you by the public sector recruitment experts at Public Sector People. They have specialists working across all local government divisions and in diverse positions at every level. So if you're looking to recruit, you should email info at publicsectorpeople.com.au to get started. Now we're taking the first person perspective on inclusivity, this time from the culturally and linguistically diverse experience. My name is Fabiola Campbell and I am the founder of Professional Migrant Women, PMW for short. And Professional Migrant Women is an organization that um, originally aimed to close the gap between migration and professional employment for women in Australia. Nowadays, our vision is much bigger than that. And what we want to do is to increase visibility and representation of culturally diverse women in the Australian corporate landscape. This vision comes from Fabiola's lived experience of being a migrant to Australia and facing barriers to both entry and progression within the workforce here. Well, I migrated to Australia as an adult and as a professional myself. I think my biggest hurdle at the beginning was to learn the language. But I was a local government professional back in Venezuela. And and when I migrated to Australia, it was um, a natural thing for me to gravitate towards a local government again. The challenges after I finally, you know, improved my English was to be able to contextualize my own experiences and to to be able to communicate my value because you know we see things in different ways we might have developed different resources or strengths being uh, brought up and educated and and employed in a different country and uh, i had to learn how to make those things fit into the new uh, workforce that i was trying to get into for me was very challenging. Uh, it took me quite a few years to get to the same level that I had before migrating to Australia. But even when you reach that level, the barriers keep appearing. I think that one of the most difficult things that I had to, to face was um, subtle discrimination or microaggressions. And the thing is that this comes from people that you respect admire and sometimes love and so it is very confusing because you don't expect to be discriminated by somebody like that and it is very it it it, it causes you to to question yourself and to question your worth uh to question uh your input your contribution I, I know from my own experience and from other migrants, for example, that then you start thinking, what's wrong with me? How can I improve? And then you get into that constant improvement cycle, but it's never good enough. This experience is not unique to Fabiola. She lays out the numbers that show why. In Australia, we know that we have a very diverse community. When it comes to cultural diversity, census says 
that 51% of us either are born in a different country or have a parent that were born in a different country. However, the people in decision-making don't look like that diverse community that we have. And that created a lot of barriers for people in minority groups to, to have a fair go and to, to have that, the same opportunities that the people in decision-making places uh, might have. While local governments are improving their gender balance in leadership positions, cultural diversity at this level is less often reflected. Fabiola considers the importance of visibility here. About four years ago, I was in a position where I didn't know what direction to take with my career. It was around that time when I attended an LG Pro uh, Women Forum. The last speaker, the keynote speaker, was a woman of color. Her name is Maria Misa. She came to Australia as a refugee from uh, Africa more than 20 years ago. And she founded an organization from her backyard to support women in her community. Seeing Marian over there created a big impact in my life. In fact, I say that that was one of my turning points. One of the things that now I realize is that I witnessed for, you know, probably the first time uh, the 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 impact of representation. If a person like Marion could stand in front of 500 local government professional women and have an impact like that, maybe I could do it too. Maybe there was there was a hope for me. Maybe, you know, I could aspire to, to do something bigger than myself. And that's what set off my journey into professional migrant women. In fact, a year after that, I founded Professional Migrant Women. But it was, it was that moment that it was so pivotal for me. And that's why I believe that you know, visibility is so important when it comes to, to representation. Addressing the imbalance starts with a bit of imagination. Fabiola asks us to take a culturally sensitive mindset and walk alongside the early job-seeking steps of a migrant entering the workforce in their local community. Cultural sensitivities, um, understanding somebody else's perspective, being curious enough to, number one, ask the questions, uh, number two, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and try to understand life from a different perspective. I give you an example. One of the main obstacles for migrants or professional migrants to get employment is lack of local work experience. If we want to get a job and we don't have local work experience, uh, how do we close that loop? And I feel that that's where local government has such an important role to play. We have so many services that we provide in our community. And that means that we can potentially provide that first local experience to a wide range of professionals in Australia. And, you know, it takes only a little bit of organization and and a little bit of creativity and commitment to make things this happen. And there are municipalities that are already doing that. So, for example, I work for the city of Whittlesea, and the city of Whittlesea has been doing this for more than 10 years. I live 
in the, the city of Banyul, and Banyul has had a similar program. They are providing the opportunities to people that really need this foot on the door. By now, we all know the organizational benefits of diversity for decision-making practices, but there are also unique benefits that come from utilizing this potentially undertapped local resource. Having worked in local government for more than 10 years myself, I know that people who live locally and work for the municipality have more levels of commitment and engagement, and they make more career employees as in career within the organization. They are happy to to create an impact because they know they are creating an impact for their own community, for their own families, for their own neighbors. So, and for themselves ultimately, right? We know that when local government organizations employ local people, there could be a greater retention rate. Fabiola identifies two distinct groups within the broader migrant community that need support. We need to identify the cohort of unemployed people or underemployed people to give them a pathway to professional employment. Those that have been caught by the no local work experience barrier. There are some models like internship programs that local government can introduce to help People have this first work experience, but also there is another gap that we need to to close with this cohort, and it's about teaching them how to get a job in Australia. That's one of the things that we do at Professional Migrant Women. We give our women the skills that they need to contextualize not only their narrative and their story from overseas, but to translated into the Australian context so it's relevant and it is aligned with what they want to do. So I think that's the first cohort. The second group is already in your council but may need more support than you're currently offering. But Fabiola points out strategies that councils can use internally to foster their next generation of diverse leaders. The other type of cohort is that staff member that is already employed but it's been underutilized as well. We have these people within our organizations already, but again, there are some cultural differences, some discrimination, some unconscious bias, and it is making it harder for, for these professionals to keep advancing in their careers. Having allyship or mentorship or uh, sponsorship, getting some champion for, for this kind of cohort is really important. But we know from the research that probably the most effective way to to remove those barriers is to have representation. So we go back to the beginning. LG Pro offers workshops on cultural inclusion and safety to help councils create safe workplaces that foster the potential of these employees without inadvertently marginalizing them. You can find out more about this training at lgpro.com. Thank you to Fabiola for this episode's interview, to Public Sector People for sponsoring the LG Procast, and thank you for joining us.